Welcome to iChurch. Oh, get ready for your blessing. For further information, visit us at iChurchOKA.com. And now, here's today's message. But I thank you for it. God, you love us that much. Lord, you love us that much that you would create us for a relationship with you, Lord, a personal relationship with you. And then, Lord, when we're, when we're so thick in our sin, God, you would send your Son, Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, Lord, to die for us so that we could still have that relationship with you and so that, Lord, you could make us holy where we couldn't do it on our own, Lord. And God, then you would give us the gift of your Holy Spirit to guide us and walk with us and, and show us your way, Lord. And I, It's hard to fathom. I, I just can't get, my, can't get my thoughts around that, God. But I thank you that, it's, that you're there, Lord, that you've given us those blessings, God. Lord, I pray more than anything else today, Lord, that the people in this place that they know your love. That they see it. Lord, they feel it. They smell it. They taste it. And God, that it changes us forever. Lord, I pray that when we leave this place, we won't be who we were when we came here because of your love. Lord, I pray that you take this time and that your will will be done in every single one of us, Lord. Every single one of us. That not one person would leave here without that special touch from the living God of the universe. In the name of your Son, Jesus, I pray. Amen. i got to tell you, Pastor Carlos gave me, this, uh, gave me a call a couple weeks ago and asked if I would preach today and of course I was glad to do it and I said well if it means you guys will have a little vacation time well you see where he's at I don't think there's any such thing in his vocabulary as vacation time but it still just brings joy to me knowing that I can be here with him in this and I can be here with you guys in this and I got to tell you this whole week I struggled so much with this lesson. I, I, I couldn't get my hands around it. I couldn't get my mind around it. It's about God's love and about His forgiveness. I, I, I just kept saying, God, I can't, I, how can I preach this? I can't even get my mind around it. I don't understand it. I know it's there. I've felt it. I've experienced it. I've lived it. But I still, I, I don't know how to preach that this weekend. And I struggle with it, and I struggle with it, and I struggle with it. 
And it's, it's amazing that I would struggle with this because God gave me this 15 years ago, actually about 17 years ago, as part of a, a purpose and a mission statement for my life that everything I do would be based on an understanding of his love. And I realize I still have such a hard time getting that. But God is so faithful to always show us. He's always faithful to be there with us. And uh, yesterday, my wife, she came out onto the deck with me, and she goes, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing terrible. I said, I'm doing terrible. I can't get it. I, I, don't, I don't know how to, I don't know what God wants me to communicate here. I'm struggling with this. And, and so my wife just begins to pray over me. And it's just amazing that even in that very moment, God began to open up the doors of heaven, you know, just because she was praying for me. She was praying with me. And I can't, I couldn't even begin to tell you how God opens up doors through the prayers of my wife. It's just incredible. But isn't that the way God works? Because he created us for relationships. That's how we know love. That's how we know love and that's how we know his forgiveness and God just began to immediately show me that through my wife and then I just began to reflect on things through the week and and I just I began to see God's love from so many different people that that I came in that I came in contact with and uh, and then even this morning I mean you know God had been op- was opening up the doors and but I was still just kind of still struggling with uh with this whole thing about God's love and getting my, getting my hands and my head around it. And I just realized that, you know, this shouldn't be something that's easy for us. And I began to realize that God wanted me to struggle with this. It, it was almost darkness. It was almost like there was a, like God wasn't there, but I knew he was. It was I knew he was. I, I had enough faith to believe in that, and I didn't have to worry about that. I knew he would show himself to me, but I had to keep hanging in there and just saying, God, help me know, help me understand. And what I realized is that God didn't want me to, to preach a sermon. God wanted me to feel his love. He wanted me to experience his love because he wants you to, to know that. And that's what I pray more than anything else. I pray you don't hear a sermon today. I, I pray that you see the love of Christ in this church. I pray you're already seeing it. It's not about what I'm saying here. It's about just being here. It's about being in God's presence. And it's about receiving what he has for us. And so this morning, I went out early this morning. I got a cup of coffee and I'm hanging out with my dog, my old faithful dog. And so we're sitting in front of the garage and we're looking. We got this, it's, it's like an A-frame actually. I'm looking at this A-frame here. And that's what that, lo- it looked like I was looking through an A-frame of trees and homes at the sunrise. And it was just the most incredible thing. And there was clouds there. And as the sun was coming up, it was just red against the clouds. And I can't even express how I began to feel God's love. I, 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 can't, I really can't even talk about it. You know, nowhere in the Scripture does it really define God's love in any way that makes sense to us. And, and I'm seeing the sun come up and I'm thinking, God, thank you for what you're, you just that you're here with me. And I know that and I can trust that. And I'm seeing the sun rise I'm seeing your sun rise, and I'm seeing these clouds begin to break, and I don't know, just another one of those things I can't even explain, but I, you know, just God's love filled me so much.
And so, and it still wasn't about what I was going to speak because I still really didn't know what God wanted me to speak. But it didn't matter because I was feeling God's love. I was feeling His presence with me. I want to share this that um, was written some time ago. This was from Charles Dickens, A Tale of Two Cities. says, It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Think about this when I read this. Think about this today. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of incredulity. To tell you the truth, I had to look that word up. But it means that uh, absence of truly believing what's right, the truth, not receiving the truth. So it was the epic of belief and it was also the epic of not receiving the truth. It was the season of light and it was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope, and it was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. In short, the period was so far like the present period that some of its noisiest authorities insisted on its being received for good or evil in the superlative degree of comparison only. Charles Dickens wrote that in A Tale of Two City many years ago. Doesn't that feel like today sometimes in our walk with Christ? It's the best of times, it's the worst of times. It seems like we've got everything and it seems we've got nothing. It seems like we're all going to heaven. It seems like we're all going in the other direction. I believe it is for every generation we face this experience. And the only thing that brings clarity to it is the love of God. That's the only thing that makes a difference. I'm going to share with you... Um, a story about Jesus, a story about Judas, a story about Peter, and the difference in what the love of God means. And let me ask you something. You, you, everybody here, I think, probably knows Judas Iscariot was, right? He's the man that betrayed Christ, right? And, and, and everybody knows who Peter is, right? Peter was the rock on which Jesus built the foundation of the church, but he also denied Christ three times, right? Which one do you think Jesus loved the most? Which one do you think Jesus loved the most? I can't do anything to make Jesus love me better or more or less. Nothing I do can make Jesus love me more or less. His love is ultimate, no matter who you are, no matter who I am. So he loved Jesus and Peter the same. 
It's how they received it. It's how they received his love. Just like the tale of two cities, it's how you see things. It's how you live it out. I'm going to share with you from some of the scripture beginning in Matthew. If you look it up on the board here, Matthew 26, 14, it says, Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, What are you willing to give me? What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. Now think about this for just a second. In all the, in all the time that Jesus was walking with the disciples, Judas was with Jesus and Peter was with Jesus. They both saw the same miracles. They both experienced the same Jesus. They both experienced the same sermons. Everything that one experienced, the other experienced. But it's all about how they receive that love. And here's the thing that's so critical. I want you to think about this as we move through this passage. God has given Pastor Carlos a very, very strong vision for this community. A very right and strong vision for this community. It's about releasing people from bondage. And we need that desperately in our community. But this cannot happen if we don't understand the love that God has for us. We have to start there. Our people around us, our government, our business, our schools, our homes, our churches, our pastors, they all need to be freed from bondage. And you are called to do that. Every one of us are called to be agents of releasing people from bondage. But you cannot do that if you do not first understand God's love for you. Can't do it. I remember speaking one time in a Sunday school class and I said, if you don't know the love of God, you cannot love your wife or your husband or your children. If you don't know the love of God, you cannot love them. And a guy came up to me afterwards. He goes, I, I want to make sure I understood what you're saying. You you're saying that if, if, I, if I don't really know Christ, if I don't have Christ in my heart and I don't really know Christ, I can't. You said, I've got to have that. So these people, if they don't know Christ, they don't love their, their spouses, they don't love their children. I said, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. You can love them from your perspective, but listen, perception is not reality. Your perception is not the reality. God's perception is the reality. The only thing that brings reality is the truth. And so I want you to think about these two people here as we continue to move on. And so he said, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. So this is Judas's mindset. This is where he's at. And, and then another scripture going on to Matthew 26, 16, it says, From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. So all, you know, all this time, he's thinking that way. What, he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. So let's go on to the next scripture here. 
What's the next part there bringing up? On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Just keep moving that. He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. Then they were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. Skipping on through the scripture. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him to, if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, You have said so. I'm going to go ahead and go through all this scripture here. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you with my Father's kingdom. I'm going to stop there. There's something to look about in this scripture if you go back to where Judas spoke and he said, Surely not I. The disciples, when they were saying this, when they were asking the Lord about this, they kept saying, Surely not I, Lord. Surely not I, Lord. Surely not I, Lord. What did Judas say? He called him rabbi. Surely not I, rabbi. There's a big difference there. And this is something that we have to understand. I believe that there's a lot of us that come in and sit in the church and we're calling Jesus rabbi, but we're not really making him Lord of our life. This is a big difference. This is the difference between Peter and Judas. They both experienced the same love. They both experienced the same Jesus. They both experienced the same miracles. They both experienced the same sermons for Jesus. But one of them made him Lord and the other did not. At another point, Jesus asked the disciples, Who do you say that I am? And, Jesus, and Peter spoke up and he says, You are Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Peter, because it was my Father who revealed this to you. It did not come from flesh and blood. But Peter knew that, and so did all the other disciples. And here's the difference with all that. Judas betrays them. He, he betrays Jesus. He receives the money, and then he began to feel guilty about that. He takes the money back to the people who gave it to him, and he says, I cannot take this. Take this money back. This is innocent blood. And of course, they didn't want the money back because they knew there was a problem there. Judas knew there was a problem there, but even in that, even when Judas took the money back, he said, this is innocent blood. This man has done nothing wrong. 
he still did not acknowledge him as Lord. He just said he was an innocent man. He still did not acknowledge him as Lord. I cannot tell you how much of my life I, has, I have lived as a Christian without acknowledging Jesus as my Lord. A lot of times in my life as a Christian, I accepted Christ when I was eight years old. But a lot of my life, I have rejected Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. That's different. That's different. He's not just a rabbi. He's not just a good teacher. He's not just a good prophet. He's not just a good person. He's our Lord and Savior. But I tell you, I see among the believers, see, the, the lost has no power. The lost people of this world have no power to represent Christ to other people. They have no power to be able to do that. Only believers have the power to represent Christ to other people. And so if the light is not shining into the lostness, it's not a problem with the lostness. It's a problem with where the light's coming from. I had a professor in college that said, anytime you preach, make sure you end with the good news. Anytime you preach, make sure you end with the good news because that's what Jesus is all about, right? The gospel is the good news. So let's talk about the good news now. We've, we've talked about the things that where, where Judah struggled and where we struggled. Let's take Peter now. Let's go look at Peter. Peter acknowledged Jesus as a son of God. He knew it. But when, when, when it was all on the line, when it was a matter of life and death, he still denied Christ three times. He still denied Christ three times. However, he hung around. He still knew it was the Lord of the Lord of the Lord of the world, Lord of the universe. He still knew that, and he still hung around. It broke his heart. He was very remorseful, but he still hung around. And Jesus had an opportunity to reinstate him. And in John 21, it says this: Jesus came to, to Peter and he asked him three times, "Do you?" Love me. Do you love me? It wasn't a matter of whether or not Jesus knew or didn't know. It's that he wanted Peter to understand that he really did love him. But the only way he could do that, the only way he was capable even of loving him, is through God's love. He didn't have the power to do that on his own. And then after that, Jesus gave him the commission. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Take care of my people. Take care of my lambs. Feed the people. I love that Pastor Carlos was, was doing a, uh, a class for us before the worship service here. And uh, I'm thinking, my gosh, I just need to copy all that down and regurgitate that and we'll be good for the sermon. And it was so powerful and everything, what he was talking about, but he was going over the vision that he had given us and, and, and how we live that vision out and through a, through a pastoral care perspective. And the first, thing, the first two things on there are passion and affection. Passion and affection. And so think about this. 
I'm going to give you some scripture that, to me, it just kind of sums up where God has us. 1 John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now there's three major things in this. First of all, God loves us. He loved us so much that he gave us his Son so that we could believe and love him back. But here's where Judas stopped off. God gave his love to Judas and he gave his love to Peter. He gave his son to Judas and he gave his son to Peter. But here's the problem. Peter believed and received. Judas did not. Judas did not. You need, to, you need to think about this for a little bit, though, because Judas was still one of the twelve. He was still one of the twelve. He was with them. He was in the mix. He was with Jesus. He was hanging out. But even in all he did, Jesus never stopped loving him. He still loved him. He just didn't receive that love. I'm going to tell you, you've got to make sure that you understand that and you get that right because the world is needing us to be a blessing to it. And the only way you can be a blessing to the world is you have to believe and receive that love. Listen to me. If you believe and receive that love, it will change everything about your life. You will be able to forgive anybody no matter what they do to you because that's what Jesus did. When he was on the cross, he said, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And if you love with Jesus' love, you will forgive people also. You can't help it. You will have to do that. It's not an option. It's not a choice. You will not hold grudges against people. You will not be bitter with them. You will not speak against them. You will not have gossip in your life. And if you do, then the Scripture says that comes from the deceiver and not from God. And the Scripture then calls us sons of the deceiver. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's a problem. If we have a mission to redeem the world and we don't understand that love and take that to heart, we cannot be who God's called us to be. You've got to know that. You've got to feel that. You've got to understand that. You've got to believe it. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and if you believe that He came to save you and heal you, and you're walking around as if you don't have that in your life, there's a problem. We're not living the way God's created us. One of, one of Peter's most famous scriptures is, he says, make your calling and election sure. Make your calling and election sure. If you're sitting in this congregation and you're calling yourself followers of Christ, then you better understand the love of Christ in you. And if you, if you don't understand that, you can't get your head around that, spend time with Jesus until he gives it to you. Don't rush through it. Don't, don't go through it just to get the lesson right. Don't just check it off of your, off your to-do list. Wait on it. Wait on it. 
What God's called us to do is, is critical. It's major. And our world needs it. The people in this community need it. They desperately need it. I hear all the time, every day, how this community is going through a major transformation process. We're actually in transition right now. Change is coming to this community. I believe change is coming to this community by the hand of God. Because God wants us to take us somewhere we haven't been before. That's how awesome He is. That's how He loves us. He doesn't ever want us to experience the same thing over and over and over. He wants to take us somewhere different, somewhere deeper in His love, so that we know Him in a greater way. And so change is inevitable. Transition is how we handle that change, and transformation is the result out of that. Listen, when, when Jesus said, I'm going to the cross to die, there was a change that took place with the disciples. And that brought about a transition. And there was a struggle during that transition. It was difficult. It was painful. It hurt, just like our lives hurt sometimes. It hurts in our marriages sometimes. It hurts with our children sometimes. It hurts with our family. It hurts with our workplace. It hurts with our friends. Change is inevitable. Life is inevitable. If you're going to live, you're going to experience these things. But the transition is how you handle that. You can handle it like, G like Judas did and not receive the love of God. Or you can handle it like Peter did and receive the love of God. If you receive it like, Jesus, like Peter did, if you receive that love from Christ then you become a part of that rock of which Jesus built His church on and which He's continuing to build His church on. you got to know who you are in Christ. you got to know who He is. And you got to believe that. Here's, here's the word I want you to go away with. Belief. I told you we're going through a, a change in our community. God's hand is in this change. And He wants to bring about something great. And He wants to use each and every one of us to be a part of that change. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it and you've got to receive it in the name of Christ. You've got to believe it and you have to receive it before you can be a blessing. At the beginning of this year, I shared with Pastor Carlos something that the Lord had really put on my heart. Actually, the end of 2013, Lord put on my heart. I asked him about, God, how should I focus on 2014? What should my life be about? Help me know so I know how to live rightly for this next year. Jesus said, I want you to be a blessing. He said, but I want you to receive the blessing first. And then I want you to be a blessing to your wife. I want you to be a blessing to your children. I want you to be a blessing to your church. I want you to be a blessing to your community. But you can't do that without me. You can't do that without me. And then he told me just to, just to be still and listen and experience his love. That's what I got to do this week. I didn't know what to, what to preach. And Jesus says, I just want you to experience my love. Don't think about what you need to talk about. You need to know it firsthand. You've got 
you got to know this. You got to experience it. And he had to, he just had to put me in a place of being still. And then once I began to feel that, I had to, I had to believe what God was doing in my life. I had to believe all the things that God had been speaking to me throughout the year. I had to believe in, at the end of 2013, what God prophesied into my life was what I was supposed to live. Be a blessing. Yes, it's a need in the scripture where, where God says to Abraham, you will be a blessing. The ac accurate, actual transition of that is be the blessing. It's not just you will be a blessing, it's be the blessing. Be the blessing. And so you've you got to put yourself in a position to hear God speak into your life first. And then you got to believe what God speaks into your life because it will. As we're talking about Henry Blackaby uh, earlier today. Henry Blackaby talks about when you hear God speak into your life, it will create a crisis of belief. And you're going to have a very difficult time believing that. But then once you believe it, then there's going to be a matter of waiting on the power of the Holy Spirit to work that in you. The salvation's already there, but it says in the scripture, you've got to work out that salvation with fear and trembling. You've got to let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do in you so that you'll receive the full measure of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, it says, Then you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Then you will expand your territory. Then you will bless the people. But we got to get real with God about our own lives first and foremost. God loves us. He has this incredible love for us. And we got to receive that. we got to believe in it. And then that will change how we deal with other people. Like, like Pastor Carlos said, you know what? God uses us in those relationships to manifest himself to other people. Dear the Father, Lord, I take this time, God, to I ask you, Lord, by the name of your Son, Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, speak into us, God. Help us to be still. Lord, help us to desire that stillness with you.